0: So, this morning we enter into a time that is going to be fascinating, to say the least. Uh, you may want to tune out because you may say to yourself, "Pastor's talking about visions mm. yeah that's not my that 's not my thing that 's not where I go that 's not what I do but what I thought would be very beneficial for all of us is this because a big part of what we see this morning is one of the more interesting stories, right? It's mysterious. My wife and I watched a movie last night. We were dutifully kicked out of our own family room, so we took the laptop, retired to the bedroom, and she fell asleep after scene one. But I watched the rest of the movie, and it had this great mystery about it, and it hooked me in, and, and that's kind of like this passage today. It gets a little bit outside our comfort zone, folks. We're talking about stuff that doesn't happen for most of us. So what's the point? Let's just skip to 17. No. There is so much here for each person, no matter where you are, whether you're still seeking and you're trying to figure out God, right? Or whether uh, you have been walking with Him for years, but maybe you've hit a dry patch and you're like, I haven't heard from God in a long time. At the end of our message today, we have six, maybe seven Things that we want to encourage you with, to have you walk with, and I have a vision. Right? What does that sound like? I have a vision. Right? Okay, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, do, yeah, okay, I'm just not gonna, I'll just tell you. Uh, it sounds like MLK. I have a dream. So, Let's talk real quickly about inserting some ideas here because when someone walks up to you and says, I had a vision last night from God. And He said that you are supposed to play the lottery today with these numbers and give me half of all your winnings. (laughs) Why would you even say half? Give me 90%. Okay, I'm giving you the... Or, or, or let's spiritualize it. You're supposed to give all of that to the church, right? Some of you have had people walk up to you and say, hey, I had a vision, and God wants you to. Okay, what do you do with that? What do you do with that? So this morning, this is a very real thing within our, our relationship with God. I'm willing to go out on a limb and say to a certain level, most of you have never had a vision. So you're going to disassociate naturally with what's happening here. But here's the challenge for you and I, mostly me. I have to instruct it. I have to communicate it. You need to absorb it. This is real. This happened. So what are we going to do with it? Well, I was thinking this morning the idea of this title, Do You See What I see? Do you see what I see? It's no uh, secret that there have been multiple, I've shared from this platform many times, that there have been multiple times in my life where God has given me, and I'll be very bold in saying this, I won't be shy whatsoever, a vision. A vision through a dream at night. He has spoken to me like He did with... With Jacob, He has spoken to me like He did with Joseph. He has spoken to me very much like He did with Paul. Now, that doesn't mean necessarily that that's going to happen for everybody. And how do we disseminate that? And and does that make me so unique? No, that doesn't. It puts a great burden on me. Now, there's two things that are going on here. If you want to know about that vision that I've talked about, and, and, and I would say this, that without getting into details of it because it's very much connected to uh, myself for the purpose of the church and for the purpose of His Kingdom. But in certain visions, visions are given much like Daniel had visions to help Nebuchadnezzar, right? Uh, To help the nation of Israel and the Hebrew people understand the, the fulfillment of the prophecies out of Jeremiah and where all this was going, it had incredible intentionality. And, and the vision that God gave me f- five years ago, almost to this day, March twenty 2013. That would be five years ago, yeah. I passed consumer math. That that has been an instrumental part of my life on a day-in, day-out basis now there's another vision that god has given me for this church that's what we're going to talk about real briefly and part of what we're going to speak about this morning and see and invest in i want you to put to the test what we've been talking about here since 2016 that when i was on sabbatical i believe god spoke to me he didn't necessarily give me a vision in the sense of what happened in 2013 It was specifically the Holy Spirit telling me, encouraging me, imploring me, now is the time for us to make some changes at CBC. And those things are starting to happen and come to fruition. We're seeing things happen and change. We get to make some announcements next week or the following week that are tremendous in comparison to to what we brought to you as a church and you trusted your church leadership a year ago two years ago let's see how this works out in the text this morning because we're on the same journey that this super team this super missions team is involved in let's look at 6 through 10 of chapter 16 now paul's on this second missionary journey last week we looked and we saw that He came into the area of Iconium and Lystra and other areas that he had been in prior. He's got a new team with him, Silas. But he sees this young individual that he sees great potential in, which is Timothy. And and the previous passage, 1-5, through is all about the recruitment of Timothy and the church growing, but also that leadership team growing. And you're going to get some interesting insight today about who's on this team. We'll get to it in a moment. Let me go ahead and read... 6-10, 6-10, through ten, you can follow along with me. And they went through the region of Pergia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. Are you kidding me? Game changer! Do not preach the gospel to this group of people, signed God. we're not done keep reading by the way vision is a messy thing because it's what's called specific revelation and and general revelation is understanding that we can see God in all things even if we don't get the specific gospel there's something about mankind who's never heard the gospel that they generally know because of what is around them that there is a God But giving specific revelation is presenting the Gospel. Going beyond that is when God speaks in a very special and unique way to people like Moses, right? Like Joseph. Like Jonah. Like Paul. We can go on and on. There are those moments where God speaks with a very specific message. How do you know it's God? Do you see what I see? By the way, is anybody singing the song when I say that? I just thought of that. Stop it. Knock it off. Let's continue with the Word, shall we? We're we're diverging here. So the Holy Spirit tells them not to speak the Word in Asia. Verse 7, And when they had come up to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia. I just made my money this week pronouncing those things. But the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. Number two. Two strikes. Can I just tell you that if you do what Shelby does in going out in the world, there is a plan, right? YWAM has a plan. When when Stephen and, and their group went over to Egypt, their original plan was to go on vacation. The Holy Spirit spoke and said, I've got other plans for you. Much of the time when you're doing God's work, you have a plan. That's good. You've got to go in with a plan and better correspond with the Word of God. But understand that there is some flexibility in there that will never contradict the Word of God, but the flexibility of how God wants to move and when He wants to move and with whom He wants to move at a particular time. Wow. Wow. How phenomenal would it be to be on the inside of that message? To be running point on that message. But how challenging is it as well? You see, when leadership suddenly diverges from the original plan, what comes flowing their way? All the criticism. Let's look and see what happens with the team. So twice now. Twice, they're told by the Holy Spirit. Well, once by the Holy Spirit and once by the Spirit of Jesus. You cannot speak the Word in this area. This is not where I want you. And so it says, verse 8, So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. So we have no less than six to seven different areas of Asia Minor, and now we're moving into Greece. All right. What was this vision? And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Come over to where we are and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately, we... Key word. Immediately, we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. A lot of infighting amongst this leadership team, right? You see, they have a plan, and all of a sudden, God start, they start bouncing around, and, and the Holy Spirit speaks to just Paul, right? That's what the text says. No. You see, the writer, who is Luke, is saying, us saying they there he's talking about the team that the holy spirit spoke to the entire team that then the next situation is they move into a different area and what happens the spirit of jesus speaks to them imagine you keep moving in a direction you keep trying to present what god has called you to do and god keeps shutting the door have you ever been there So, so much of the time, brothers and sisters, as you're in this pursuit of relationship with Christ, you are seeking God's will. You want to be in God's will, but suddenly you face a closed door or something doesn't go the way you anticipated. Where is God in that? This is why we have this title today. Do you see what I see? That's why this this message today is so valuable to each of us. It is all about the communication with God. How do you hear God? So the writer doesn't reflect any disharmony within the team. That's amazing. Because what happens here is that the team, the entire team, the text says that they move on from speaking because the Holy Spirit spoke to all of them. The entire team moved on from another spot (coughs) to preaching the Gospel because the Spirit of Jesus said no. Ah... But did the entire team have the vision no god gave the vision to one man and the team followed this is all about hearing from god this is all about knowing what god wants in the moment and so we get to peek into this window and see how it works and how it unfolds spiritual leadership requires risk results and reward how do you know it's a vision because it's going to risk something. Alright? How, you know how do you know it's a vision from God? Because it's going to require risk for you. This team is being asked to go into a whole new area that they've never gone to. Over into Greece. Right now they're in Asia Minor. They're off the coast of modern day Turkey. They're working that zone. They're equipping the saints. And God says, no, I've got something else. And you're going to hear next week about someone named Lydia. And how now the Gospel starts to reach into Greece and go into a whole new culture, a whole new group of people. But see, this team would have been very satisfied with staying in this region, and God had to shut them down and shut them down and shut them down because He had a new thing for them. Not unlike where CBC is going. Not unlike where CBC is going. But spiritual leadership, for Paul it required risk, it required results, And what happened in the end is confirmation. There was reward. We see that next week. And I give you permission? Go on down and read after verse 10. Read about Lydia. Read about what happened as a result of them moving into Macedonia. Let's look at this idea. What is this vision that we have? Well, the free church has a vision of multiplying churches. Multiplying leaders. In our 9 o'clock hour, we have an adult class that many of you should be there. You should definitely be there. And we have five new leaders that are being developed, that are teaching. And it's an exciting time for our church, because as we expand and as new things are coming over this next year, those leaders that are being trained are exercising and learning how to teach and exercising their gift of of leadership and training and, and teaching that gives us the ability to do more classes to do better jobs of equipping people we want to multiply because we believe god's called us to this in 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 what ways well multi-ethnic church conversation we're going to talk about this at the first quarter meeting coming up in in mid-april i encourage you to be there because we need to we need to have this conversation as a whole church but we get to make an announcement coming up in the next two weeks that's very exciting. And again, confirmation that God gave us this vision. God is calling us to this. It may be confusing for some of us. and may say, well, why, why are we doing this? It's going to require risk. It's going to require results. There better be a reward in it. You can know a vision is from God based off of those three things. And a few others we'll give you at the end. But we're having this conversation. The elders are reading through this book right now called Mandarin Fish. And it's by a a dear brother, Ron King, who's uh, the pastor of a church in Fremont named Bridges. And your elders and some other individuals will be traveling down there in mid-April to see how they do it. They have six different uh, multi-ethnic fellowships on their campus on a Sunday. And their expanse of understanding is not separation. It's a celebration of those cultures, giving opportunity for those cultures to exist without losing their cultural identity, but bringing them together as one church. How fantastic is that? Easter Sunday morning, we're going to have prayer in at least seven different languages here. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. I have a lot to announce to you during this message because we don't have announcements anymore so be paying attention do you see what i see let's start with this idea how does god talk with us how does god talk with us well he talks with the bible start there he talks with the bible throw this idea if you're taking notes and you should be under this idea of the bible right contextualization what does that mean Some of you may have seen this commercial that's on TV, Uh, especially if you're Warrior fans, you get tired of it because you see it over and over and over. But I think it's State Farm. And this young teenage girl walks out of her house and there's a VW Bug, brand new VW, I'm going to spoil you, you know, dad, we're sending the wrong messages to our kids. Um, Anyway, she walks out and she goes, is this my car? And then they pan to a guy who's in a parking lot, and he's got, I think it's like an infinity, and all the wheels are missing, the window's been bashed in, and he walks up and he goes, is this my car? (laughs) Now you can take that script, and then they do that, like, they say the same thing, like six different things, they're saying the same thing, but they mean two very different things. The only way for you to know what is meant by those exact same words is the context of the visualization. Do you understand? You cannot know sometimes when someone walks up to you and says, hey, God gave me a vision. And you're supposed to... The first place you go to is context. Go into the Scriptures. And see if this is how God works. Amen? Get your Bible. Read it. Study it. Next, what should that do? Well, that should drive you towards understanding the Holy Spirit. And listening for the Holy Spirit. Knowing how the Holy Spirit speaks. Knowing how the Holy Spirit talks. What is His role? Well, you can see that as you learn to understand and see how He's working in the early church, right? It's one of the reasons we're going through the book of Acts. Don't just come on a Sunday and and listen and and be enthralled with the excitement of what happened with the early church. Folks, we're doing this so we can learn and see and understand how does this work for us, right? That's a good amen part right there. Yeah, I'm pandering. The Holy Spirit. You need to know how the Holy Spirit works. This word, I would put familiarization with nonverbal. Familiarization with nonverbal. Because a lot of us, especially men, we're like, come on. I, I, how do you know when the Holy Spirit... I don't have a lot of guys walking up to me saying, you know how the Holy Spirit led me today? I have a lot of women. By the way, I've had four guys this past week talk to me about last week's sermon or service where we encourage people to just pray. Just as you are led, Pray. And it's fascinating how all of those men said, "Mm, no guys prayed. It was all the ladies. Now, ladies, we're not not upset with you. Great prayers. But there's something missing. I want to start, revamp, and energize our men's ministries. And some of you men, I'm going to be talking with you. We're going to bring it up. and, And I think i got a great idea for how to name it. I think we're going to call it Roar. Okay? Now let me explain why. Because there are some incredible similarities between the relationship of a husband and wife and the male lion and the female lion. Just watch Animal Kingdom, right? Male lion laying around, doing nothing, just kind of watching stuff. And every once in a while he gets up and, you know, just, I'm here, feed me, right? Yeah, it kind of applies, doesn't it? Meanwhile, the female lion's running all over the place, taking care of the kids, getting the food, going to the grocery store, right? Booking the calendar. Okay, uh, husband lion, you're going to have to move from that shady tree to that shady tree around 3 p.m. I kid you not. More and more vision. But the Holy Spirit, we have sometimes this challenge because men, we're not familiarized with the Holy Spirit. We're used to doing it on our own. Can I encourage you? Be men like these in the story. When the Holy Spirit spoke, they heard Him. They understood. How do you know when the Holy Spirit's talking to you? Because I really suspect the first time that happens, much like in Acts, right? It was the day of Pentecost. Or other situations where the Holy Spirit showed up. There was a familiarization. That when it happened the first time, we knew it was God. Because it was... Sympatico with the Bible. It was simpatico with the character of God. But it moved us beyond what the written Word was instructing us for a special and unique work to be done. Or maybe it was something that was unique that had to happen within our own hearts. But God is speaking. God is speaking. Men, I'm going to test you here. Husbands, does she need to say a single word when she's upset with you? Don't answer that question. Just sit there still. Don't move. Blink twice. She can't see you. Just blink twice if that's the fact. Of course! You are familiar. She doesn't have to say a word. But you know when she's speaking. Right? Right? Now I'm picking on the guys. I could go I don't have time to pick on the ladies. Familiarization, smart move. Yes. I'll let the Holy Spirit deal with that. <laughs> Next, the people. God speaks through people. And you're like, "Yeah, I had a person try to speak to me once, and they were way wrong. Yes, that might be true. But over and over, there are situations where God speaks through people. Guess what? God might speak through you to someone. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be an apostle. But God may give you something. Someone within our church this past week at work during a meeting just spoke up and shared. It wasn't a great dissertation of the Gospel. I'm not even sure what they said. But they were worried that they crossed some lines and yet their boss came back to them and paid them a high compliment for speaking up about inspiration and encouraging words. So God speaks through people. Ephesians 4.11 says He's given some to be apostles, some to be preachers, some to be teachers, some to be evangelists, on and on and on. This idea through people is connection. It's connection. How do you hear God? How does God talk with us? Sometimes it's through people and He connects with us through some people. Otherwise, we don't have a need for apostles. Otherwise, we don't have the need for teachers. Do you get this? Do you see this? That's where Paul and his lads come in. Next, through visions. Yes, this happens. And there are many people, many dear brothers that I, I have, and I, I, I kind of fell into this trap this past week. It's just human nature, the way certain people are wired. When it gets out of their sphere of control or out of their sphere of comfort... They want to claim the spiritual high ground and tear apart a brother or a sister who's involved in some kind of a spiritual aspect that they're uncomfortable with. And so they intellectualize it. They marginalize it. Who does this sound like? It sounds like a Pharisee. There are modern day Pharisees all around us. Why? For good reason. Because there are modern day false teachers all around us. I watched something this past week where a gal was prophesying. She's doing a tent revival in the South. She's prophesying over this guy. She didn't have any idea this guy's a pastor. Alright? Now, I don't recommend this. This is a gotcha thing, right? But she's prophesying. She's saying all these things like... And it actually sounded like, wow, God's really speaking to her. And, and, and maybe He was. I don't know. Because it's where the natural part interferes with the supernatural. She's saying, God will use your words in an incredible way. God has called you to be a speaker of truth. On and on, right? All those kinds of things. You, you know, I could just walk up to, uh, to Rich and, and just say, God has called you to be a person who will lead others on Tuesday to something of great significance. You got a job Tuesday? He said, and is there a work crew with you? Yeah. And do you think the owners care whether or not the job's done well? Oh, yeah, but truth, <laughs> just preach truth right there. Okay, guys, honestly, that's a lot of what happens. This gal, she, she says all this, and then uh, gives the microphone over to the guy to give testimony. And he ta- starts talking about some great things, just some incredible things, and sounds really affirming. And then he says but you really don't want to listen to a false teacher like this person next to me boom and people started to physically attack him and try to get the microphone and so then what does she do she comes on and she says you are a speaker of lies you are a false prophet you are wait a minute. What my Bible tells me is that if you prophesy incorrectly in the Old Testament, what's supposed to happen to you? Stoning. Let's not go that far. Let's just say, don't pay attention to that person anymore. Okay? So she just prophesied, said this was from the Lord, and in the next five minutes, she comes back and says, you are of Satan. This is why I have dear brothers that want to say visions don't exist. Guys, we cannot, when someone misinterprets the Bible or speaks incorrectly from the Bible, do we throw the Bible out? No. This happens between God and his people in a very select way. How so? Let me speak to it real quickly. The word here is projection, right? Think about an old school projector. Some of us are old enough to know that, right? We have projectors here that are projecting out. Little small dial, but it explodes the view for the masses, right? Think about Joseph and the vision he received and the impact that had on all of Israel. Think about Isaiah and the visions he received from God, speaking through one man. Think about here, Paul. Think about John and the visions he received in Revelation over and over. Acts 2.17 quotes Joel 2 where he says, well, let's go there. Let's look. This is important because we're talking about vision and how does all this work and is this of God? Let's put my theory to the test here, right? Is this in the Bible? So, Acts 2 17, this is a prophecy from Joel, and Peter quotes this prophecy at the day of Pentecost. And he says, In the last days it shall be, God declares, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Did that happen? All right. So, so far, he's doing well, right? There's your reward. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Is that happening? Well, he's doing it right now. Okay, so yes. And your young men will see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. This is biblical. This happens. So let's be careful not to go down the pathway because we're uncomfortable and it doesn't happen for us necessarily that we're going to take something that God is using to talk to us with and say it's not biblical there's one more there through circumstances right in evangelical circles we use this language god closes a door and he opens a window a lot of construction there i you know (laughs) i don't really know what's going on with all that but that applies to this passage does it not twice god through the holy spirit or through the spirit of jesus shuts down this team to minister and speak the gospel in this one region because he has a different plan it's not to say that he doesn't care about those individuals or those people he wants to move this team into a different place and they just don't understand yet so he speaks he speaks now he's got to speak to a particular person in one way to help them know specifically what they're supposed to do but god used those circumstances to talk to the team okay Let's look real quickly at some other, other points to help understand this passage this morning. So, you need 2020 vision. Okay. That's coming from a guy wearing glasses. Make sure it's God speaking. Somebody comes to you and says, Hey, I've got a vision. There are a lot of pastors, there are a lot of seminary profs and, and presidents, there are a lot of leaders who come along and they say, Look, God has spoken. We're supposed to do... And, and you go down that road and it all crumbles. They didn't hear from God. Let me just encourage you, I'm scared to death for that to happen here. So when I say I, I have a vision for what we're going to do, I will always clarify two things. Number one, is it a vision like Paul had from Macedonia? Or number two, is it this vision that God has given for His work here at CBC? And where we are going, if we do not see results, if we do not see confirmation, then your pastor got it wrong and you should not listen to me anymore. Ooh, I just threw down some burden of proof, didn't I? You won't find another pastor say that because they want to be employed. <laughs> Make sure God is speaking, test what I say and see if there are results. We had individuals try to hold. The elders' feet to the fire about lifetime summer day camp when we sought to start it. And they say, you don't know what you're talking about. This isn't of God. This is you. This is you trying to do your own thing. What do the results say? What do the rewards say? What are the facts that the people got behind it? What do the lights say? I get it. Just make sure God's speaking. Second, God will not be confusing. Confusing. Now, this is a little bit of a challenge because sometimes you get things. Was the team confused? Sure, they were. For a period of time, they were confused. But what ended up happening in the end? God clarified. God clarified. When we're seeking direction, when you are seeking personal direction, wait until it becomes clear. Ask Him to make it clear. Next, invitation, confirmation, affirmation. If I'm going to ask you to wait until it's clear, I've got to give you a little bit of a diagram. I borrow this from Henry Blackaby from the Experiencing God. So invitation is where you sense God is leading you to something. It could be a vision. It could be the Holy Spirit impressing something on you. It could have been you, you reading in your devotions that morning and something grabs hold of you and you can't shake it. And so you keep praying about it. You keep praying about it. That would be invitation. But along with invitation comes some parameters that lead you into some concrete movement. And so you take some direction. You take some small steps. And what happens is, just like Moses, right? He gets the invitation, then he moves down and he engages with Pharaoh. And the very things that God said he would do for Moses, he did. Didn't have success. Multiple times, Moses didn't let the people go. But every time he went, God said, do this, and I will do that. And when those miraculous things happened, Moses knew what? God was speaking. All right? There's always a risk. There's always a risk. By the way, this whole idea of vision, it always has to be in concert with the will of God. If somebody comes to you and says, Hey, I I had a vision from God, and, and it has nothing to do with his will, it has nothing to do with God's redemptive plan, beware. Beware. Because, by the way, there's a lot of individuals in antiquity and history that have received visions. Uh, I don't know if you're aware how Islam started. But look at the results. And it all started with a vision. There are multiple religions that have started because of a vision someone received. So this is serious stuff. You've got to have 2020 vision. When something happens, it may not be of God. Okay? By the way, it's usually going to require sacrifice if God's given you that vision. You're going to have to sacrifice something. So what, what did the team have to sacrifice? They had to walk away from the area that meant something to them where they had started to form relationships. God may call you to something and you're in the midst of doing something else You say, well, what about this? What about this? Do you see what I see? Vision is directed to leadership. And in wrapping up, let me give you this. Vision is usually selected to one person. I was hard pressed on this and I challenge you not because I want confrontation (laughs) I want your help Uh, I cannot think of a single story in scripture where vision came to multiple people when it came to God speaking in order that his will might be carried out for his people so help me out not right now study if you can find something please tell me because I don't want to be wrong on this but this is an interesting factor isn't it when it comes to how God speaks to us Because if you're in the position where you've been given this understanding and this select vision, like Paul was, get a challenge with. Is the team going to follow? Is the team going to follow? What did Luke say about the team here? He says very simply what? Concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. That's where the team went. They didn't say concluding that Paul had a different agenda. They were on board. By the way, there is a personal pronoun that's inserted here in the text. A little bit of, of loquacious information for you. Who wrote the book of Acts? Luke. Did you know he's part of this team? How do you know that? This is one of the only places we see Luke inserted into the narrative. He says, we as the author... So Luke is actually part of this team. What you are hearing about is not second hand. Luke was there. He experienced it. He's relaying it to us first hand. It's reliable. Vision is usually select to one person. Vision serves God's purpose. Make no mistake, godly vision serves God's will. Amen? Doesn't mean it isn't scary. Doesn't mean it doesn't require much of us. But the beautiful thing about God's will and, and Him sp- speaking to his people is that the kingdom will be furthered and we will be in deeper relationship. Help me out. Moses is in deeper relationship with God when he's in the desert by himself with the goats or standing at the door of the Red Sea. You want to be spiritually dry? Go go hang out in the desert with the goats stop listening to God. And stop being willing to be challenged. And stop, stop listening to God. You want to live in a spiritual dynamic where you hear from God? Be willing to listen. And I'll give you the, the, the precursor as to how we can do that. Vision leads God's people to carry out His will. What is God asking you to do? Well, I can tell you one aspect of what God's asking us to do as Concord Bible Church is to multiply. We are multiplying leaders. We are multiplying fellowships. Be here next week. I'm going to lay down a little teaser for next week. Next week the outreach team lays out a spiritual challenge connected to this very message for each of us. And I want you to make no mistake about why we are doing that challenge. How many of you were here last week and you heard Rihanna's purveyance of Katie's story? How many of you were inspired by that? That was like, it wasn't very inspiring when I said, Is it inspiring? Uh, give a huzzah or something, I don't know. Um, yeah, oh, by the way, Katie, did you hear everybody yell, Hi, Katie? Hi. Did I put a smile on your face? Oh, that's phenomenal. She's in the, in the airport in Dallas and, and we're just kind of communicating. But what a privilege for Rihanna to share that story. That is the springboard for what we're announcing next week. So that the church as a whole can participate in this idea of multiply. So that the church as a whole can engage with hearing God over the next three to four weeks. And acting on that in a duplicitous fashion. And if we do that, let's see, number one, how we grow spiritually in hearing God and being used to carry out God's will. And let's see what the results are on Good Friday and Easter. Here's my gauntlet. Here's my gambit that I have prayed for with God. We have one more light. I'm praying that light gets lit before Good Friday and Easter. And then when Good Friday happens, it'll stink not using those lights. It'd be really nice to have all those lit on Good Friday. But my goal, my prayer, is that they're all dark. To represent all the souls, all the people around us that need the life-saving message of the Gospel. The very reason we gather that night. And my prayer is by the end of that weekend, we light at least 10 Lights. Nothing is impossible with God. Does God use people? Were you inspired by how God created that relationship between Rihanna and Katie? Rihanna, you're pretty special. But you're no more different than anybody else in this room. Let me give you, in closing, some real quick ideas. How to hear and see God. Number one, get a Bible and use it. Alright? Get a Bible and use it. Number two, got to learn the character of God. So if God is speaking to you, you know it's God speaking to you. Because there will be a consistency with what you learn about the character of God. Does that make sense? Alright. Begin the journey of spiritual prayer. Many of you've heard me talk about Aunt Betty's lemons kind of prayers, right? We pray for Aunt Betty's thyroid. Right? Most prayer groups it's all about Aunt Betty's thyroid problems. She's got an appointment on Tuesday. And uh, by the way, I always have to say this, there's nothing wrong with praying that. We also pray about our cars a lot. And the fact that they break a lot. I had four things break between my house and here this morning alone. Don't let me touch any of your possessions today. I am a cursed man. But I'm not going to ask you to pray for my car which would not start this morning. I'm going to ask you to pray for peace within my life so I don't destroy my car with an axe when I get home. Begin the journey of spiritual prayer as we encourage you as we embark on a vision for where we will be after Easter this year. Spiritually engage with God. Know the principles that God says, I will answer this. Seek first the kingdom, right? Share with God's people. Reach out with the gospel. Be the light. On and on and on it goes, right? And there will be a harvest a hundredfold. Do we believe that? We are not going to get there unless we engage in spiritual prayer. Amen? My car has been healed 1700 times probably by prayer. And it's still the same. It ain't going into the kingdom, folks. But when through prayer, God works mightily, not only is that individual's life changed, your life is changed. Take challenges that are grounded in Scripture. Alright? We get a lot of challenges thrown at us these days. Alright? You can go to a gym where they challenge you to drop 25 pounds. And if, if you drop 25 pounds, you don't have to pay for that month. Right? We do a lot of challenges. I encourage you, take challenges that are grounded in Scripture. And then you're not going to be following the whims, or false visions, you'll know that God is speaking. Put yourself into a God-dependent position. That's my last point today. Many of us are not willing to do that. We love the stories of Shelby Parkinson and how she went to Nepal and, and Kmart and many other dangerous places in the world. We love those stories. One of the reasons we love Him is because we didn't go. And that's okay if God didn't call us to go. But maybe God's asking you to be what He's called you to be. And He's speaking to you. Do you want to hear Him? You may not get a vision like Paul had, but you may not have to be the Paul in the story. Does that make sense? But when someone does speak and shares that they... Heard from God. Test it if it's consistent with the character of God and Scripture. And that person brings a credibility that when they've said things on that level before, you can trust that. Engage in a position to put yourself dependent on God. And guess what? You will hear from Him. Let me close in prayer. This morning as we close, uh, if you've brought your gifts and your offerings um, again, our, our approach and our philosophy on giving here at CBC is... is well, it's been up on the screen during the uh, uh, pre-announcements. Oh, wait. There was one more thing. No, I'm not going to get it. You're going to have to ask me later. Oh my goodness, forget it. it says, re- take notes and repeat. Yes. Take notes and repeat. Um, our, our approach to giving here is one that we believe we find right out of New Testament, um, 2 Corinthians 9, that we are to give out of a cheerful heart. Uh, nobody's ever supposed to be under compulsion or guilted to give. It's one of the reasons that we put the boxes in the back. We used to pass the plate. But I, I was told on more than one occasion that individuals in our church saw when a plate was passed, a visitor would fake putting something into the plate because they felt like they had to fit in. Oh, no, no, no. We're, we're not, we can put a box in the back just like they had during Jesus' time. And, and we can give out of our joy, amen? amen? And out of our understanding of what God gave to us, it is an act of worship. It is a giving back to Him in a joyful sense. So as you leave today, that box is on the right. Let me go ahead and pray. Father, thank You so much for vision. Thank You for speaking to us. We may never be one who receives a direct vision from You. But that's not necessary. What's more necessary is that we hear You speak. Thank You, Father, for this passage today. To give us clarity on how to understand these things, but also to see that they were very real. They are very real. But more so that You speak to Your people. Help us pursue and understand how to hear You so that we might carry out Your will joyfully. Bless the giving today. Use it for Your glory. Let us be encouraged as we walk through our week. Amen.